Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And you know it is my absolute pleasure each week to bring you guests that are going to share you know, something that you can take away that you can use right away. So today on the show, I'd like to welcome Rob Williams with Continental Batteries. Continental Batteries opened its door in 1932, and since then, they have become a nationally renowned battery distributor of the highest quality batteries and distinguished customer service. Their customer relationships have allowed them to embrace growth, expanding to more than 200 plus, plus, ugh, 200 plus nationwide branches, and allowing for distribution to over 30,000 dealer locations. So with that, thanks for joining us today, Rob. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a privilege. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's not very often that we get to interview one of our clients. And so typically my first question would be, how did we get connected? So I'm going to let you tell that story. Yeah, VIP. I am relatively new to the Dallas market. I don't live here. I will not tell you where I live because it's not not welcome here in the Texas area. But, You're uh, from California, aren't oh, you? I didn't want to say that <laughs> word, but I am. Um, but I'm a refugee from California. But that being said, we um, have been transforming this company, which we'll get into big pieces of that. Mm-hmm. And with that, you need to, in many cases bring in new talented people so we've worked with several recruiters in the area we've gotten several great uh great resources from your firm excellent excellent yeah and and again so this is not a typical interview because it's it's one that's a little bit more interrelated because actually one of my co-workers angel rose um one of our great executive recruiters a senior director executive recruiters introduced us and she was like she and and I don't know if you know this, but she doesn't introduce me to all her clients. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? That's a good thing for you. <laughs> I mean, because it, it, when she says, I have someone for you to meet, I went, I go, huh? Who is it? Because I know that she only brings people to me that she really feels like I should know and that could potentially be a guest for the podcast. So that speaks volumes about you. I pulled the wool over her eyes. I will let say. her know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she's going to listen yeah. to this. Yeah. So you're the CFO for Continental Batteries. So how long have you been with the company? Uh, it'll be a year in December. Okay. And it went very, very fast. What do you mean by that? We've, we are running at 100 miles an hour. Right yeah. Now. So there's a lot, lot going on. So what's your role there? CFO. The, the finance guy. And it's not the, the typical CFO role. I have not only the finance, accounting, tax responsibilities, but also HR, IT, M&A, integration. So it's a, a career-enhancing role, if you will. That, that's very interesting because you don't typically see a CFO with HR responsibilities. Right, right. And I've and, had that in my prior role. And part of the reason of, of coming here, it's uh, an HIG-backed company. It was the PE firm. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, several folks there, including our CEO here, are very open to the idea, which I pitched to them, of I don't want to have another CFO role after this. I would like to get into a CEO chair mm-hmm. of a PE-backed company. So I've always wanted more and more responsibility. So yeah, it's not common for the CFO to own those pieces. 
Yeah, and that's so interesting because, I mean, we could take this from so many different angles, and I definitely want to talk about Continental Battery and talk about what you're doing there, but I think you just brought up a good point that we could share with our audience about the way you're positioning your career very carefully right now right. and the next step that you want to take and why you're positioning yourself where you're at right now. So for someone who is just starting out in their career, what advice would you give them about planning that strategy ahead of time? Because so many, I didn't. So many people don't. Right. And when I was younger, 20, 25 years ago, starting out in my career, if you had asked me the question of, you know, what is your next role? I would give you a blank stare. And, you mm -hmm. know, when you're younger, you don't really know those things. But through, you know, years of experience and some mentoring and learning about other opportunities in the marketplace, you get good at what I say, telling your story. You have to get good at telling your story. And everyone has a story. Yes. Our company has a story. Uh, I have a story. And whether it's a 30-second soundbite in an elevator, like get your elevator mm -hmm. spiel down, or if you're talking to a recruiter or a mentor, in my case, I spoke to a board member uh, several months before COVID who asked me that question. And it took me totally off guard. And I said, I very sheepishly, I said, I really hope I'd don't end my career in 10, 15, 20 years as a CFO. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I really want to get into a CEO chair of a PE back company. I want to lead. And he said, well, let's try to make that happen. So uh, the other piece of advice he gave was, um, you know, I gave my an answer to him very sheepishly. And, uh, and I was a product of the military uh, way back when after college. And, you know, pound for pound, he said, you military guys need to get over yourselves. Interesting. And I said, what do you mean by that? I was, I, I was insulted by that. And he said, Didn't mean, you know, there's exceptions, but most of you are come from pretty humble roots and it's a meritocracy and you're not used to advocating for yourself. So you have to advocate for yourself and explain what you want. People cannot help you unless they know what you want to do. You know, I think that's so beautiful that you just said that because it reminded me of um, a situation that we had at our office at VIP, which I think is, you know, is so great. But we had someone who was there and they weren't happy, but they never told anyone what they wanted mm -hmm. until they had their exit interview. And, you know, the upper management was like, why didn't you just tell us right, right. that we could have made that happen? Right. And it was too late at that point. Right. And so I think that's a really important point that you need to be an advocate for yourself and you need to, because nobody can read your mind. They don't know what you want. Right. And if you don't tell them, you're certainly not going to get it. You right. might by accident, but that's not the way that careers work. No, and right, and putting your leadership hat on, what I do with my, or try to do with my direct reports and some uh, layers below that with uh, high performance individuals is draw that out of them mm -hmm. and ask them that question. And hey, you, you might not want to work here for your next role and that's okay. Yes. That's okay, but how can we develop you and give you the tools uh, to get you to the next level, whatever that may be or, or wherever it may be. See, that already sets you so far apart from everybody else. Right. And, and that was another conversation after that incident with that one employee. We had an all-hands-on-deck meeting, and that was what the leadership told us. They're like, look, if you want to do something, come tell us. Mm -hmm. And if, we, if you can't do it here, we'll help you find your next step. Right which is huge. That's a right. huge, you know, that's a, a, a cushion for people that want to take a step out. I was one of those people that stepped out and said, Hey, I want to do something different. Right. And here I am today yeah. doing podcasts, yeah. you know, so it kind of worked out. <laughs> um, but let's go back to your company for a second. So you, from your perspective, what makes Continental Battery such a great place to work? 
It's a great question. I could talk for hours about that, right? But in very short form, I'm very biased. Right? We all, mm -hmm. as human beings, have our biases. And I have sought out this environment for probably a decade now in several companies where we are private equity backed. Mm -hmm. A lot of people who don't know what that means, it could sound scary. Uh, if you inject that into a political conversation, it could have very negative uh, connotations. But in general, uh, it's really an investment class. And the, in the world of private equity, what those firms are very good at is allocating capital very efficiently. And they're very good at putting capital to work and uh, putting accountability and leadership structure in place to really help build world-class organizations. Like take something, not to quote Jim Collins, but take something good and make it great. Um, so that's the, the evolution we are in, but I guess stepping even further above that at the 30,000 foot level, especially in Dallas, everyone knows of interstate batteries, mm -hmm. everyone. Uh, across this country, everyone knows the big green trucks that go around. Yep. Uh, and up until a year ago, they were the country's only national battery distributor. Uh, aside from that, it was small mom and pops and small family businesses. So it's still a fairly disaggregated space. But uh, again, private equity is very good about this, about putting capital to work uh, in a very efficient manner. And they, uh, a PE firm bought Continental about five years ago, and they went through an evolution of putting capital to work and buying 22 or more companies that wow. predates me, uh, all very small, and, uh, and got that into a distribution platform outside of Texas in the Midwest, uh, upper Midwest and the East Coast. And then when HIG got involved and bought this company in January of 21, so now almost two years ago, uh, they could pursue two paths on the investment thesis, continue buying across the country, the small mom and pops to get into and, and create a national platform uh, or buy the only other platform business out there, which was Battery Systems Inc. or BSI, as we say. So uh, we acquired them two days, three days before Christmas last year, about a year ago. Uh, and then in January, we uh, started into the integration. And BSI has distribution uh, in all the Rocky Mountain states and West Coast states. It's a California-founded company uh, from Brad Strillman, uh, actually Brad Strillman's dad, I believe, uh, who's still with the company. And you know, so now today we are in all, we sell in all 50 states. We have uh, locations, uh, branches, as we call them, in 48 states. So now we are um, rivaling some, some, in some, some capacity interstate. And, Interesting. Uh, and we're, you know, we're growing a national platform. So for the last year, uh, we have been working on integration, uh, which is hard to do without breaking it. So I have seen this in other environments before. When you uh, integrate and bring in a new management team, uh, two things always happen. One, uh, some people come out of the shadows who were quiet and unassuming, and they become all-stars. And they want to roll their sleeves and get dirty and participate, and, uh, and they thrive. And there's another subset of, of folks who just realized that, you know, the bar went up and we're going to run at 100 miles an hour and it's just not for them, which is fine. It doesn't mean yep. they're bad people. It just means it's not a good role for them. So we have almost completed that journey. So we've been after this very quickly just because one of the tenets of integration is do it as fast as possible mm -hmm. so it does not become a distraction. So we've gotten the bulk of that done uh, recently, pulled the last and final trigger, and there's some small things to wrap up. But all those things, I think, make it a great place to work. So if you, again, getting back to managing your career, if you are a career-minded individual, uh, and if you are willing to you know, put forth a little more effort, a little more time, but you're willing to roll up your sleeves, 
and get dirty and figure this out uh, in a very collaborative way, you were gonna learn so much and you're gonna have so many great bullet points to put on your resume and to talk about in interviews or you know, tell quote unquote your story uh, by helping you know, transform something that five years ago was a small family business and is a you know, billion dollar plus national distribution platform. Wow, I didn't realize it was that big revenue-wise. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, it's a fun ride. <laughs> and all the mergers and acquisitions that y'all are yeah. doing, that's amazing. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit, because your company, it says, it's driven by the mission of working together for better renewable solutions that deliver reliable power to our communities. And I really appreciate your company's focus on the togetherness and teamwork. Mm -hmm. So. What processes do you see in place at the company that promote and encourage teamwork today? Right. The probably the, the largest example of that, and we started this in January, right? And the you know, leaders set the tone for the organization. Yes. Uh, there's a great CEO in place who has also done this before because managing integrations of systems, like that's technical, people mm -hmm. can figure that out generally, but managing the personalities and the people and who slots in where and changing roles, that's really hard to do. Uh, without breaking it. So we set the tone early on in January that we are all on the same team. Please check your ego at the door. If people come into work every day uh, wanting to have turf battles and protect this and we want to continue this process because that's always the way we used to do it, um, those people will get punted fairly quickly. We luckily didn't really have any of that. So that setting, set, setting that tone very early uh, has yielded great results in, in this integration. Because for the most part, we emphasize this uh, on a continuous basis. Like We just don't care who gets credit. We just want to win. Uh, so that's created a great atmosphere where people feel like they can have a seat at the table. Then for all the integration processes that we ran, uh, we were adamant that everyone had a voice um, and really detailed planning and preparation so that the execution goes smoothly. But, you know, asking and drawing out of people, you know, is there a better way of doing this? Like people don't integrate battery companies every day. Right. Uh, we don't integrate these systems every day. Uh, if you have a better idea, please speak up and share it. So a lot of people felt um, you know, very open and it cre creates a very collaborative environment. So what is one aspect of your culture that you're most proud of? Yeah, I think it, it details right with that yeah. period of people feel that they're, they're welcome um, to voice their opinion and have some input and have a, a seat at the table. Because, you know, I've, I've done a lot of integration work, but there's always a better way of doing it. Always. When people say integration, it gets scary or mm -hmm. private equity, private equity and integration. They that's scary words. Yes. And it, so it was kind of, I wanted to come back to that because you said you wanted to be the CEO of a private equity backed company. And I'm right. like, okay, explain yourself, Lucy. Right. Why? Yeah. I, I have always wanted uh, the burden of command. Okay. always wanted to lead. And this is it, almost always in almost all PE back companies, you are going to have to lead a tremendous amount of change. Mm -hmm. and at the end of it, it's people. You have to lead people and make sure they feel welcome and that you are, uh, and I say this all the time too, you have to bring them along in the journey. Uh, so in, in the world of integration, yeah, you could walk in the door and shove something down the other side's throat and say, this is the system you're going to use. This is the process you're going to use. But that just never works. You will turn people off immediately. They shut down and they go away and they'll go work somewhere else. Where if you, you know, bring them under the tent, so to speak, and you say, we need your ideas uh, to do this. And again, that resonates very well because most, not all, but most people are very career minded and like, oh, wow, I can, I'm, I'm, I might be very junior, but I can, I can have a role here. Well, and I think anytime you ask someone to share their thoughts and opinions, whether you use them or not, right. 
you make them feel valuable. Right. And that's important. They all want to feel valuable. That's, I mean, I know that, I mean, in, in VIP, you know, I don't guide the ship when it comes to the overall management, but when it comes to the podcast and stuff like that, I do. But at the same time, it's not unusual for them to pull us all together and say, what do you think about this strategy? Right. And I think that's so important. And it sounds like that's what you guys are doing where you're at. It, we are. We try to do that. And even uh, another example, not so much related to integration, but we're going through open enrollment for mm. new healthcare benefits, right? And healthcare is a confusing mm-hmm. maze of stuff for lack of a better term in this country you know, we still have the best healthcare in the world but it's confusing it's tough it's expensive has a lot of nuances but in, in saying that um we want to have great benefits programs right for employee retention we so want important. them to plan and we switched to a relatively new plan that we don't need to get into today but it was we, we had to go over the top to market that to employees of hey this is different this is, t- this is not your typical uh, big four healthcare plan with United, Cigna, Aetna, or Blue Cross. It's a right. different plan, and it's meant to help drive down costs, and not just for the company, but most importantly for you. So when you or your family procure healthcare, whether you have to go to the ER or your child is sick or you had to have a procedure done, the goal is to drive down costs and save money. And um, so we've tried to go over the top in explaining that. We want to, it's a retention tool. And it absolutely is because, you know, these days as a recruiter from the recruiting standpoint, you know, we talk to so many candidates and the candidates are so much more candid with us than they probably are when they're directly dealing mm-hmm. with the company because they don't want to offend, you know, right. so they don't ask those scary questions about benefits and vacation and all that kind of stuff. But that's the first thing they ask us, you know, right. what is my vacation? What's my PTO? Right. Do I have to be in the office? Right. That's what we're dealing with these days, right. you know, and what's my bonus? And so it's it's really good that you're paying attention to that. And I have to tell you, and I think we talked about this in our pre-interview, but you know, my background's accounting too. And I remember having to shop for healthcare. Right. And I don't and this was way back in the day. This is God, I'm not even gonna say how many years ago because it's embarrassing. Long time ago. Right. Um, and it was bad back then, and that's when insurance was good. I can't imagine what it's like these days. It's amazing. There insurance are- just is awful. It is. And there are a lot of companies, small startups in many, many cases, who are chipping away at this healthcare model in the US and offering a better service or a better way to analyze your bill because most medical invoices have mistakes from billing, huh. billing, billing code um, uh, inaccuracies, which are you know, result in many cases overcharging. And you, know, you as a consumer- Never undercharging, right? Yeah, <laughs> you as a consumer don't know that, right? Right. Uh, but we have a company who's an advocate for us and they do go through those bills and they will fight on your behalf to get them reduced huh. with facility costs. Maybe something people might want to reach out to you about to find out the name of that company. It's a fascinating topic. Actually, the company we're using is Imagine 360. Okay. And they've been around for 15 or 20 years doing this, and it's called a reference-based pricing program, okay. or RBP. I had never heard of it before. I I've never heard it. of this either. Yeah, but we keep exploring ways to drive down costs, and they're growing. So a lot of companies uh, who typically, you know, when you uh, are going through your annual open enrollment, you are typically, in the, you know, CFOs see this every year, here's another 5 or 10% increase every yes. single year. It's like the, it's like you know whether they deserve it or not, they're going to give it to you. Right. And you know, that's on top of um, or separate from our current inflation woes yes. in the country. But you know, they're 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 taking the opposite approach of how do we drive down those costs? That is great. I wish yeah. I had known about that. I would yeah. have been a hero in my company back yeah. in the day. Yeah. So, okay. So, 
I don't normally do this, but I want to kind of turn this around and make this about VIP for just a minute. Okay. VIP doesn't get a whole lot of you know time on the podcast, even though they sponsor it. But right. we've worked with you. You know, you are a client of ours, and we've made some placements with you. How's that process been for you? Would you, you know, you've worked with Angela Rose, one mm -hmm. of our senior executive recruiters. Would you go back? You can be honest here. We're not recording. Just not kidding. Yeah, not <laughs> now, really, how has that process been? Would you, would you recommend VIP to other companies? I, I would, and uh, for this reason, like when you play the game of telephone mm -hmm. with anyone, the message will get diluted every person that you pass that message on to. And we're, at least I am, um, religious about that messaging, like telling our story. You yeah. have to get the story down. And I, uh, again, for anyone who's career-minded, we want those things, right? And mm -hmm. you know, there's a hot topic, for example, um, work from home. Huge hot topic today, right? And, yes. You know, and, and the other thing that we, so we, we talked about that. And most importantly, uh, and Angela got this, we want to hire leaders. Mm -hmm. And I use the Marine Corps analogy, which is the system I was derived from, right? You are a Marine first and everything else that you do is secondary. Whether you're a pilot or a cook or an admin or a truck driver, that is all secondary. So using that same analogy, we want to hire leaders. Mm -hmm. And we don't care if you're an, you're an accountant or you're a truck driver of ours. We want someone who can lead. And that's hard to find, right? And, and you know, Many people think I do as well that leaders are made, not born. Right? It's a leadership is an art form yep. that you refine over your entire life. And in saying that, like we can develop leaders, we can help develop them on their journey uh, for leadership if they want it. But getting back and how that dovetails to the work from home, I'm passionate about this topic. And I was saying this in early 2020 when the world started working from home, that if you want to lead, if you want to influence the outcome, you have to be there. Yeah, can't do it from your basement. You just can't. And there are some people who don't want to grow in their career. That's okay. They want to have one yep. role for 20 years and that's okay. Uh, but for those who want to grow in their career and you want to lead other people, leadership is influence. And it's really, really hard to do that when you're working from home. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Although a hybrid schedule might work, you yeah. know. We're not really, we're not, we're not too uh, extreme on that. Like I work from home Fridays and yeah. uh, and we have a, a pretty much a culture of just get your work done. We're not clock watchers. If you want to come in at seven or eight or nine or 10 uh, and you want need to leave early to take your kid to the doctor or see a sports game, like do you do you, um, but just make sure you get your work done. Yeah, and I think the days of clock watching or clock punching are so over. Right. You know, we have someone in our office that she does her best work from like 10 at night till four in the morning. Wow. And we get emails from her. We have to silence our phones. Right. And but and she's brilliant. She's one right. of our top billers. So nobody says anything back in the day when we used to come to the office when she would roll in at 11 o'clock, you know, because right. we knew that she was just getting out of bed. Right. So, but it worked. So, okay. What is in store for the future for Continental Battery? What's going to, what's going to happen? Yeah, we have a few... Um, smaller entities that were acquired um, in the last year or two that have not been integrated yet. Okay. And, you know, that's just part and parcel of the world of private equity. If you want to make a world-class organization and to do that, you need mm -hmm. to assimilate your people, your systems, your processes. So we have a few small ones that we will do in Q1, um, but we have a lot of initiatives. So when you bring in a lot of new senior people, you bring a new lens on the business. And in many cases, there's new ways of looking at it. And I won't bore you with the uh, the nitty-gritty of the battery industry, but we're going to be doing some different things uh, next year that should, uh, and not just from the cultural perspective, but we get paid to create EBITDA, 
Like that's our job. Yep. That is capitalism. That's what we're here to do, and it's a very good system. But that's um, we have a lot of good initiatives planned for next year, and then I think probably mid next year we will get back on the the M and A train to keep growing the company. And I just want to touch back on one other thing that you shared with me when we had our initial conversation, because you and you were really excited about it. You were talking about this new approach for hiring, for making you an employer of choice. Right. How's that going? It's going well. I mean, we the problem that um, companies in the lower middle market have, like family-run companies, mm -hmm. they normally do a phenomenal job at serving their customer. Like they, the entrepreneur cracks the code on that. Uh, and where they struggle typically are all your back office systems, whether it's in HR, HR people, HR systems, accounting people, or accounting systems, standards, processes. Uh, and we're, we're not a small company anymore. So a lot of what worked yesterday doesn't necessarily yeah. work today. So when we're professionalizing our processes, procedures, and most importantly, documenting what we do. We have to document processes, procedures, because when you have turnover or you have new people come, like we have to get away, and we're getting much better at it, but we have to get away from that tribal knowledge. But one of those pieces was we have recruiters uh, in the company, but there's no playbook. Mm. Uh, there's no, if you are in our world, we have over 200 branches across the country, uh, and that is the lifeblood of our company. Those are the people who are in front of our customers who are delivering product. And, you know, we in the uh, HR, IT, accounting, finance world, like those are our customers. We want to serve them. And, you know, so by way of example, we were putting our thinking caps on. We think we have a, a great company, good culture, and we're always trying to improve upon it. Uh, but we didn't really have a playbook for recruiting. And it made us think about, well, what are our recruiting processes? How do we recruit? And more importantly, what is our message? Yes. What do we tell people who might come work here? How do we entice them uh, as an employer of choice? And we, you know, we think we have a pretty compelling story, whether you're an accountant or a truck driver, uh, that if you so choose, there is a career path for you to grow. We have leadership training programs. There is and a lot of middle market companies don't have the luxury. Uh, for those types of programs that we have them. We want people to grow uh, from their career, but we actually had to put that on paper. Uh, and we're getting good at saying, if it's not written down, it's not real. Mm. Whether it's an integration project or it's defining roles and responsibilities for individuals or departments, uh, or uh, why are we an employer of choice? So we've made some materials that you could hang in one of our 200 branches of you know, the referrals. Uh, we have a referral bonus program. Most people didn't know that. You have to put it in writing. You have to hang exactly. it so people can see it. So we've done a lot of work in the last few months to uh, to make that a reality. Well, that is exciting. And, you know, we love working. And, I, and I'm not sure if you know how VIP works. So even though Angela is your point of contact, all the rest of us support her and her role. Right. So it's not just her. It's just we, we don't want to confuse you, so she's your point of contact. Right. But we all know about you. We all in the office know what you're looking for and know what your culture stands for because Angela does a great job of conveying that to us. Um, and so we're just really excited to be working with you. And so now I want to learn a little bit more about you with our VIP questions. Uh-oh. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Fire away. <laughs> okay. So if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? things. The polite answer is I would take my wife and my two kids. That's the correct answer, yeah, the not more, the polite. The more fun answer, I would take my <laughs> wife and our two dogs, but they, they don't talk back. I love it. Well, yeah. you want to probably leave your kids here so they can continue to procreate the earth. That's right. They need to finish their education. The dogs are probably fixed. They are, and they're fun. There you go. Yeah. What kind of dogs do you have? Uh, we have two wire miners. Oh, I 
love Weimaraners. Those yeah. are excellent dogs. Yeah, one is two and a half. And uh, the breeder that my wife knows that we got mm -hmm. this dog from pings her on occasion and says, hey, I have a litter coming up. Do you want a second one? And we always entertain the conversation and it always concludes with that's a really bad idea. Right. Bad idea. Especially with kids. With Especially with kids. But we succumbed and we have a, a puppy. She's five months now. Oh, my gosh. And she's been a fun little addition. But it's, you know, twice the vet bills, twice the dirt in the house. I have to. Twice all that old kind of stuff. But yep. they bring in a lot of love to a house. They do. A lot. They do. Okay, so I can totally understand the dogs. Yeah. Taking the dogs. That's what I would do. Yeah. Um, no, you totally derailed me. I just want to go see pictures of the dogs. Um, so we, what is one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? I try most days of the week to get some form of exercise in. What's running, doing some stairs, weight room, something. And 75% uh, of the time I'm successful at that. But I think if we were all honest with each other, there's a, an occasional morning where that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Right. But I think it uh, clears my head. It's uh, mentally satisfying. It's a good stress outlet for me. And I think most people would agree that um, in the working world, if you put in a full day of work and it's six, seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock at night, uh, the motivation to go get exercise is <sighs> dramatically plummeting. I'm not exercising hour. after this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling no. you, in no. the day, going home. Right. No, it's good. It's good me time. Exactly. Yeah. So, very good. Not that there's a wrong answer to that. Look at me being all judgmental over here. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, so if your life's work was being described in a news article, what would the headline be? He found a way to win. And not that I win all the time, but um, and probably this is partly the Marine Corps um, experience in me of you always want to find a way to win. And sometimes the plan needs to change and you will fail, but you need to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and try again. Um, and it's the same for in, in, in our company. Like we, uh, we stub our toes sometimes, even with this integration. But um, I remind people that no one's life's in danger. No one is shooting at us. We can all remain very calm. But at the end of the day, we just, we just want to win, period. I love it. So how do people find you, like if they want to work for you? And we, um, one of the branding exercises we went through, we're, we're very proud of this internally that when we uh, merged uh, with Battery Systems Inc., mm -hmm. we were Continental Battery Company. We did not have to go spend a boatload of money and pay a Madison Avenue firm millions of dollars to come up with a consolidated name. That would not alienate employees or confuse customers. And we took the two names and combined it to Continental Battery Systems. And then we thought about a URL and thought that is a mouthful <laughs> and a lot of keystrokes to hammer on to find us. So we shortened it to, or we wanted to shorten it to cbs.com. Oh yeah, that was, that was taken. already taken. <laughs> so uh, one of our, um, our marketing individuals uh, on the team who's great um, proposed go CBS. So go cbs.com. So it's simple, easy to remember. I love that. Yeah. And so just yeah. go to the career page if we, they want to work? We have a careers page, and our recruiter uh, has done a good job, the team, of getting those uh, those roles posted and taken down timely when they're filled. And I think we have over 150 positions, uh, wow. not in Dallas, but across the country right. uh, in our branches. There's, there's always a few heads turning over uh, within the our, our corporate office here, mm -hmm. uh, but most of those positions are out in the field, as we say, which I think this... Not to delve into that topic, which is a can of worms, but the labor market in this country, which is still... That could be a whole other podcast. Still kind of broken right now. It is right. so bad. So right. broken. I like how right. you said it, broken. 
good way to put it. it. It'll heal. Or you can yeah. just call VIP and speak with Angela Rose. <laughs> good plug. She is your advocate. Yeah, good plug. Good plug. <laughs> this has been fantastic. I hope you've had a good time on the podcast today. And I just have one last thing to say to you. You are a VIP. Thank you. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.